Welcome back to the Dorkiest Podcast, everybody. I am your co-host, Mike, and joining me is the Tommy to my Joel. That's right, my fellow survivor, Daniel. How are you doing there, little brother? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> what, you, what you doing over here in this power plant? Who's that little girl? <laughs> I don't know. I love, I love, oh, that's a good Tommy, dude. That's it. The thing is, me from growing up in Alabama, I can do these characters' voices very well. Yeah, you you got you got American South voice very well, dude. I've got I've got Californian, but I was born Asian, and I might be a little dyslexic, so my accents are always all over the place. Doing Texan, so nice. <laughs> there's like seven layers in there, dude. <laughs> seven layers of why this is never going to work. <laughs> right on. Well, what I hope is going to work is this long-awaited episode uh, that that I've been want that I've been hoping to do uh, ever since you told me a long time ago that you got into the you got back into the PlayStation family, folks. We are doing our deep dive into the Last of Us, and it kind of, the timing is actually kind of perfect because we are smack dab in the middle of. Um, not E3 uh, Summer Game Fest right now. Right. And yeah, yeah, I it, just saw that yeah. earlier this week. And this past Thursday, as of this recording uh, on on Jeff's show, the, the Summer, Ga- Summer Game Fest kickoff event, uh, the final thing was the, the Last of Us Part 1, a ground-up remake of the very first game. Now, <laughs> I immediately thought of you when that was announced because I was like, is he mad about this, or was is he gonna? Is he excited about this? So, like, what are your initial thoughts, Daniel, when you heard about that first, announcement? My initial reaction was like, "Well, all right then." <laughs> I like, I just beat, I just beat it on the remastered edition. I mean, I don't, I, I doubt I will probably play it because I, I'm sure it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I already own the game and I've beaten it, so I don't necessarily appoint me replaying it. Yeah, from the from the sounds of it, like it's not a new thing like it's not a it's not a re we're not reimagining the first game in any way like they're they're literally taking the dialogue audio from the first one and just putting it in with new care like updated character models uh using the last of us part two's engine uh they're going to use like combat uh the combat mechanics uh and traversal of of part two and then they're going to according to neil Druckmann, they're going to redo the ai too because you know we'll talk about we'll talk a little bit about like gameplay and ai a little bit later on our deep dive but uh yes it sounds like this is just more for people who kind of miss the boat you know the game is about almost nine years old at this point and you know if you miss it on ps3 if you miss it on ps4 uh you know if you missed it like in the lead up of uh, Last of Us Part Two, this is the perfect time to jump in because th- there's this. The TV show is coming. Uh, the, the whatever this Last of Us multiplayer game that's coming out soon, that's coming as well. So we're just going to be inundated with the Last of Us. Yeah, it sounds. Yep, I, I looked it up and I thought it was interesting that uh, to do both main actors or people that were worked on Game of Thrones, I'm like huh, actors continuing to get work. Oh, I, yeah, Pedro Pascal, that's right. Like, every time I see him now, I'm like, oh, yeah, the Mandalorian, but I forgot. Well, yeah, he's in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, girl playing Ellie uh, plays, uh, her name, uh, the young girl Mormont. Liana Mormont of, of Bear yes. Island. Yeah, she's yes, great, right. man. I got, I got yes. really excited with her casting announcement. Yeah, she's a, she was a really good child actor, but, you know, that, honestly, those are hard to come by. So I was like, that makes sense. Get one that yeah. you know if it can do it well. Yeah, I'm so I'm really excited. You know, she's got that spunky attitude that you need for an Ellie. So yeah, spot on casting. So whenever that comes out, I'm sure we'll 
I'm sure we'll maybe do a review of the show or something now that you're familiar with the with, with the universe and stuff like that. But uh, you know, we've got a lot of Last of Us to talk about. I have like a page of just scatterbrain notes. And Daniel, I understand you have a page of scatterbrain notes as well. <laughs> yep, just about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll get to that content in just a few, in just a little bit. But hey there, little brother. Uh, what is that you've been playing over there? That's it. Well, Mike, I have stuff that I think is more related to our topics. I'm gonna let actually, you yeah. I, I'm so used to doing that to shooting it to you first that I just <laughs> right. I, I, I literally forgot that was the last thing you said before I, I hit record. So, what am I playing over there? You may ask. <laughs> well, yes, in fact, I do. Well, uh, so I've uh, rolled credits on Tales of Arise. Now, this is that uh, anime action action JRPG that I've been playing for over the last couple weeks now. Um, and I'll got to be honest here, about midway through, I, I, was, I was just trying to shotgun it just so I can finish it because the story just lost me. Um, and it, it, it's, it does that thing that I really don't like in anime where it's like, oh no, but actually it's that kind of storytelling where it's, it, it thinks it's trying to be clever by constantly throwing in new elements and new twists. But it's like, oh, but you didn't realize it was actually this the whole time but okay uh, yes so the story was like a really interesting kind of anime take on the concept of slavery and oppression and like su- su- uh, supremacy and things like that and then literally midway through i'm talking midway like there there's a new anime like intro like it like we're entering season two or something then all of a sudden that storyline gets dropped and then we're going into these weird things where I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, okay, but then these this this one planet who is enslaving the other planet, actually they're being controlled by God, and then God has lost touch with humanity. So can you guys kill God now? <laughs> but we don't want to kill God, but don't wouldn't that kill us all? But it's like but actually we'll find a way to kill God. And not kill us all. <laughs> oh god! Okay, I between hate this it. and Legends of Arceus, I'm really confused as to what weird games you have to do that involve <laughs> God. <laughs> hey, dude, don't tell me. Tell Japan. Japan has <laughs> this know. weird fixation with like God as a cell phone, and every JRPG you have to kill God. <laughs> so, I, I, like, all right then. <laughs> so, as far as like you know, now that I've rolled credits on it, um, I'm gonna turn it in. Like, I, I don't. I, I I don't see myself ever coming back to this game. The game is really pretty though, but and and looking back at it, like especially the first half, there's a lot of great moments. There's a lot of like set pieces that are very memorable. I really like these characters, even though I don't like what the way that the writing took these characters. Um, so my, I guess your mileage on this game is really going to depend on what on your patient on, on how patient you are with anime tropes and by anime tropes i don't mean like oh big boobies on like you know teenage girls or whatever i mean like that the st- anime storytelling tropes if like like oh but actually this happened and then oh everything that you did is in vain but is it really ah no. so i call that the code kiosk effect <laughs> well, there we go see there's a precedent for it now so uh you know it's 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 one of those things if it but if you're one of those players who don't have any qualms about stopping a game when you're not having fun anymore 
then maybe Tales of Arise might be a good recommendation. It's it's pretty much on sale everywhere you go at this point. So again, yeah, yet, I've been seeing it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, if this is a game that looks like it would interest you, again, there's a lot of cool stuff about it. I, I genuinely like the characters. The combat is really good, especially when you got your full party together and you can kind of ignore the cacophony of noise where everyone is shouting every move. <laughs> and, and that that never got old. Tell me to tell you that right there. But you know, so yeah, it, it's your mileage is going to vary. Like it's, this isn't like a wholehearted recommendation for me. Like I barely got through it. If I if I'm be honest, like there was a lot of moments where I'm like I should just stop playing. I have so much other games to play, but I, I yeah, I, I, I muscled through it uh, so that you won't have to folks. If, if that's the game that you think that you might want to avoid. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was curious about it even before you started talking about it with that. I was like, I think this one can go on the back burner. Yeah. There's other tales of games that I would recommend uh, before this one, actually. Um, uh, even just the ones that I've, you know, not to be like, oh, all, only the games I play are the ones that... No, I mean, like, it's there's 17 games in this series. I haven't played all of them. Um, but yeah, there, I, I could probably... If, if this is a series that is interesting to you, um, then I'd be happy to let you know, Daniel. And then I, I, I tell you, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend you a good starting point that's not Arise, because I really think that the sensibilities that you like as for storytelling, I think it's, I think your, your patience is going to wear thin with this one. Probably. So thankfully, uh, once that was done, uh, and you know, and, and my wife very much the same thing. Like I was telling, I was trying to explain to her the story, and like her eyes just glazed over. Like usually, <laughs> I, I, right? Like Mike, I can honestly say, while you're describing the plot of this, I, if you could see me, I had like the thousand yard stare, just like what is, what are these words? Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> but so imagine, like my poor wife having to like listen to me explain it to her because like she asked like well what did you like about this game and then like i went on this like 10 minute tirade in front of her <laughs> anyway so uh so th- th- thankfully my wife has relented the switch to my control again and uh the game that we are playing together is this great indie game that i picked up uh physically this came out in the summer of 2021 and a physical edition through i am 8-bit uh was released sometime um recent oh no sorry it was this was special reserve games.com uh and this was released i think like in september or something and i finally got my copy mailed to me like last month uh, this is a game called death's door have you heard about this daniel i have not so this is an indie title uh, the developer is acid nerve i've never heard of them uh, but they are an upcoming uh indie 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 studio and this is being published by devolver digital uh, who's you know put out a lot like a lot of like really well-known indie games out there this is on everything, by the way, if you're interested in picking this up. It's on Windows, it's on the Xbox consoles, it's on Switch, and it's on the two current PS PlayStation platforms as well. Uh, now, what this is, is is like a top-down 3D isometric game. It's an action-adventure type of title, and it plays very similarly to uh, the, the old like Legend of Zelda games, like similar to uh, a, a Link to the Past or the Minish Cap and games like that. Um, but, it, but with the combat... It is has like very like Dark Souls sensibilities where like the game, uh, like the enemies will respawn after like a checkpoint or when you read uh, when you refill your health or something like that or when you return to the hub world. Uh, and like there's this the, the combat can get interestingly kind of difficult here and there. Uh, not too difficult, you know, where I would say like, oh, you, only from software fans can play this kind of game. I think this is a good like introduction and good interpretation of that kind of a combat. Uh, but the premise of the game is very interesting. This is what got me uh, uh, intrigued on the game in the first place. So you play the role of this little crow 
uh, and who he he works as a reaper because you know a lot lots of old myths back in the day like where the crows were the ones who came and ferried the souls to the afterlife and stuff. So in this game, like he works for a, 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 a company called the Reaping Commission headquarters, and it's like a very and when you get there, like he gets there on a bus, and it's like very black and white, and it's very like boring and drab and bureaucratic, and he's just kind of like all right, I got more souls to bring. I'm just doing my job here and there. Uh, and then in the first mission of the game is, is kind of the tutorial section. You you are tasked with collecting like this giant soul. And it's like, it's just, it's basically from a boss fight or something. Uh, and then once you try to bring that to your, uh, to your job, it gets stolen from you from this old, this old crow who's been like trying to, He's been at this for like centuries and and I won't explain why, because I think the I, I think the story is actually very interesting. Uh, my wife and I are about like four hours in. Uh, she's not playing. She's just sitting aside. She's sitting beside me and um, kind of guiding me. She's I'm kind of letting her tell me where she wants to go because a lot of the map design is very labyrinthian, you know, very similar to the from software games and, uh, and and games are similar to that. Uh, but yeah, the, the presentation it's very adorable. Uh, I, I love the art direction in this. The art style is very cool. The music's very somber, but it's very effective. And the, the, the kind of hub worlds that you kind of go to, like there's a graveyard and then there's this manor that's there's this manor that's owned by this witch who's obsessed with urns. And then there's this um, right now. Where am I right now? I'm in another hub world uh, that's in this forest and I haven't met like the lord of that place yet but uh but it, it it seems very interesting and i'm glad it's just as good as i imagined it again you're combining the legend of zelda's kind of like map design and 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 aesthetics with like dark souls style combat uh and the premise is just really cool and i'm really excited to uh finish this off that definitely sounds very interesting i'll have to look into this yeah i definitely recommend you check out a trailer list because like that's the trailer that i saw can't remember from what event it was. It was sometime early, early in 2021. But um, like it, like it endeared me to this game like right away, and I immediately I knew I had to play this. So I, I, I imagine for a lot of people, a lot of fans of really, you know, really well-made indie games, I think this will do the same thing for them as well. And uh, so on the side there, the game that I'm playing for myself now that I'm done with uh, uh, Tales of Arise, and thus put a cap on my PlayStation 5 backlog. I am now going back to Horizon Forbidden West and just trying to clean up all my side quests in there and trying to get that platinum baby. Nice. So oh, uh, a fun thing to talk about while we're talking about platinums. Yeah. I'll get into what game it is later. Uh, we were playing like one of the games that I'll be talking about and that me and Taylor played together on her account and she got a platinum in it. Because basically just you play the game and you get the platinum. And I did laugh. I told her, I was like, well, you officially got a platinum before I did them on the PS5. So. <laughs> is, 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 is like a pretty much an easy platinum? Like you just oh, oh, get wait, literally, roll literally, credits or whatever? Yeah, if you roll credits and you complete each chapter, you, 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 get, you get all the achievements. You know, we don't like to be elitist here at the dorkiest. We don't like to gatekeep. But um, you got you to tell her, like, get, get a real platinum, Taylor. Come on. Get a real platinum. <laughs> Yo, 1v1 me and Elden Ring, Taylor. Come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's awesome, though. What what, uh, what what game was it, if I may ask? Oh, well, uh, that was when we completed uh, 
Let's see, the definitive edition of The Walking Dead. All right. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to talk about that soon. Oh, there's your sad game. There you go. <laughs> uh, one thing I will say, though, with the Horizon Forbidden West, since I have put it down uh, until now where I'm because uh, I, I just picked it back up uh, yesterday, there have been some really good quality of life patches and um, kind of hot fixes to the game. Um, if you have a I don't. So I, I imagine if you have like a higher end TV, like a nice 4K that's maybe capable of like 120 uh hertz frame rate or something like the game allows for that uh so like my tv is only like you know 1080p but with the 60 hertz frame rate so it still looks amazing but um you know for anybody who uh can take advantage of that like that game is available for you but one quality of life thing that really bugged the heck out of me like even back when i replayed um zero dawn was and this is something that they give you the option now. Now uh, they 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 give you the option of turning off the pickup animation for all of the like uh, foraging and stuff. So you know how you're just kind of running through a field, and then you come across like some uh, some branches that you need to break off or some flowers that you need to pick, and then Aloy will have to like stop the sprinting, do the do the half second animation, go back to sprinting, literally like one meter away do the same thing like and it really like it decentivizes me back in the day uh especially when i was replaying for forbidden west um to ever want to forage because it's it's it, it just right. was, was a lot more hassle than it was worth but now that you can turn it off i mean it's similar to like elden ring because i just got i loved it in elden ring i could just run through a bunch of stuff even on horseback and just pick up a bunch of stuff while i'm while i'm traversing yeah, I don't know why every game just doesn't have that ability. The realism, Daniel. The realism. I don't care. <laughs> There's a lot of instances where a lot of video games, especially like where your art direction is trying to go for that realistic aesthetic. Uh, be careful with that. I'm looking at you, Red Dead Redemption Part 2, like where your adherence to realism really like hurts your hurts you as a video game. So be mindful of your medium, please. So... Uh, yeah, that that's that's something I'm really happy uh, picking back uh, picking back this game. This now I feel like I'm upgrading my pouches a lot a lot quicker. I'm I'm able to have a lot more uh, 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 loot for my ammo refills and stuff just because I'm I find myself foraging a lot better because it's so much easier now. So so that's going to be ready for you whenever you get into Forbidden West, my friend. So I'm excited for that. Nice. And, uh, I eagerly await that. Yeah, and uh, that'll do it for me, my friend. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, this pre-game crying that we're going to be doing before we get into the the last of us. So Daniel, what is it that you were playing over there? Well, first off, I'll talk about the games that I just started. Like as I mentioned last I have uh, decided to start both Bloodborne and Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for Ghost of Tsushima, I pretty much have just done the tutorial. I got sidetracked with doing some other things this past week, especially with work. So I was able to get past that, but so you're, you're kind of just getting past that initial uh, inciting incident where the Mongols yeah. have invaded Tsushima Island. Yeah. I'm going, I'm just got to, uh, be the castle at the very beginning, near the beginning of the game. Mm, yes. Yeah. That's where I'm at. So as I said, so yeah, just basically got to the tutorial section and I say, I definitely like the, the game is beautiful mm-hmm. and the combat is really fun. So, so are you playing the PS4 version or have you like, because I, I, if I understand correctly, right, putting in the PS4 disc gives you the option to pay for the upgrade 
for PS5? Have you done that, or are you just playing yeah. the PS4 version? I'm just playing the PS4 version right now. Oh, right it looks pretty enough as is. Yeah. Cool. That's it. But yeah, so I'm enjoying that. And uh, so I don't have much to say about that, but uh, I also started Bloodborne. All right, baby. We're, we're, we're canceling this episode. This is just a Bloodborne episode now. <laughs> where are we well, at? I, I, I haven't gotten very far. I've gotten to where, well, I, every time I die, which is becoming frequent, <laughs> I end up at that first lamp you light as a, as a respawn point. Oh, okay. So you haven't... Wait, wait a minute. You should have reached the Hunter's Dream at your very yeah, first yeah, death. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah, okay, yes. I, I did get past that. I went through the Hunter's Dream, oh, okay. got my weapons and everything, killed the giant wolf monster... Got outside, got to that first lamp in Central Yarno, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I I keep dying around there. So, hey, that's same as me, man. Like Bloodborne, Bloodborne was my first From Software game, and it 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 sounds like it hasn't clicked for you. And I'm not saying that to like put you down in any way, but like because I was I was in that same spot. Like for me, I was I was still trying to figure out what type of game this was and how to play it and how the game wanted me to play it. So it still sounds like you're still in that kind of getting to know each other type of mode. So you stick with it, man. Yeah, that's it. I think I've identified my problem is I just need to be more patient. It's like I I understand that I have to almost rewire my brain because I do mm-hmm. not play games like I'm acknowledging that like I can't do my normal thing, which is hack and slash my way to victory. I'm acknowledging like, I can't. Absolutely not. This, yeah, and that is like my go-to method in games that are design, you know, games of this ilk. It's like, I hack and slash my way to victory. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, like, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> and so I think a lot of it is I have to just like take a step back and learn to be more patient. It's, it's kind of, the, it's like, this is just a harder version of what I had to learn when I started playing Witcher 3. Because <laughs> Witcher 3 is the same way. You can't hack and slash your way to victory. <laughs> yeah, not on normal mode, at least. But uh, yeah. I, more so than being patient, Daniel, my, my one piece of advice to you going forward for Bloodborne is to be deliberate. Like, and, and what I mean by that is like if you press the light attack button three times, press it three times because you want to attack three times. If you think that the enemy is going to counterattack you after your second hit, do not hit that attack button on the third try. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I know it's a lot of it is just learning like when to attack and when to dodge, when to block. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and even though it might seem like you're quote-unquote not doing well or something because you're still stuck in that first area the the game is still teaching you and that and in, in in that area it's giving you enough freedom to like because like right around the corner of that like i don't know if you've fought uh, found this guy though there's, there's a big boy there and if you if you want you could in the state that you're in you could you could kill that big boy but uh it, the game just gives you the option to avoid it if you want just go and kill some like random like uh demon people or whatever um but it, but it, the game is very much still teaching you and it's never gonna stop teaching you so just keep that in mind yeah, as I, said, I, as I said, that's my goal is like especially since now that i have finished the other games that me and my family were playing that i am i'm gonna dedicate some time to this and like i say ghost of tsushima is there basically when i know i'm getting too frustrated and just need to take a break <laughs> yeah but that's also another game too where like I I was in that same headspace too, where I, like, oh, this isn't this is different than like you know, Bloodborne or Sekiro, so I can just kind of quote unquote hack and slash away. That's another game that kind of requires deliberate inputs because with the with the samurai dueling, one wrong move and then half your health is gone. 
right yeah um, i have experienced that yeah so so. (laughs) the fun fact is the way that our tv setup is set up like we have our switch docking bay like kind of near the corner I'm mm-hmm. gonna have to figure out a way to move that because of the where the health bar is in the screen, I can't see it. <laughs> you can't and see I'll, your health. And I oh no! Like, I kind of <laughs> getting hit. I'm seeing my health go red. I'm like, where's my health bar? I looked. I just stood up and looked over. I was like, oh no, that's not gonna work. <laughs> hey, if the switch is, I, I would probably just recommend if the switch is fully charged, just take the switch out of the dock and or and and you know fold the dock down like it's a laptop or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, so those will be my two games going forward, and if and after I beat those, that will pretty much be like all my physical games that I have for the PlayStation. I'll be I'll take up that backlog of what I physically have Ooh, on my shelf. Yeah, it's backlog season, baby. We are chipping right. away. All right. So the other thing that I mentioned, which I mentioned earlier, is me and my fiance finished Telltale's Walking Dead Definitive nice. Edition. Which means that I believe last episode we I said we were partial way through Michonne, so we finished up that. We played through New Frontier, which I do acknowledge from the fan base is the one that is the most divisive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how what did you think of it? I thought it was fine. It's definitely my least favorite, but I did not. It did not seem like a giant step down in quality to me. Yeah, I mean, if if the least favorite of those four, and, and you know, with Michonne, I'm I'm sure like that's still a high bar right it's exactly. an a minus in a sea of a pluses exactly so i i thoroughly enjoyed it as a, and then of course we did the fine we did the final season what we did for uh new frontier in the final season was we basically switched back like i played the episode she played the episode cool and we didn't plan this but it ended off with me being the one holding the controller for the last episode of the final season Oh boy! Which almost sound seemed right because it's like, well, I because you know she just got into these games. Like when we bought the edition, I have played. I played The Walking Dead season one when it came out, mm-hmm. like I, I, around the time that the full season was was out. So, and uh, I will just say, me, uh, my, me, Jose, we got very, very emotional at the end. You'll have to remind me. It's been a couple years. So, uh, maybe now. Maybe now it's not the good right time because you know we don't want a spoiler warning a game in this segment but uh like can, can you can you walk around what you what what, what the final thing the is that's why i can say is the the ending is you as you're, you're playing clementine in this game yeah. and you and aj are escaping a group of walkers and the game very heavily is paying homage to the end of now. season one. I remember now. Yeah. And, okay. And and what broke me is when it's she started saying lines like line for line. Oh, that's right. It says oh. to like I am sitting there like I am very cheered up. My fiancés are like like we're bawling our eyes out. Like we are just like so and as he is so emotional. And I even told her, I was like, I almost feel this is unfair to talk about The Last of Us because I'm afraid I just played the more, the even more emotional ending <laughs> of a of an apocalyptic zombie game. Oh, right, yeah. And you guys, like, went through all four of those seasons uh, like, pretty much back-to-back. So that yeah. Lee Lee's final moments was, like, fresh in your mind. It, right. I, if I remember correctly now, like, when uh, me and Zoe played this, like, it wasn't until after... Like we, you know, we turned the console off, and I was still processing it and just like replaying some of those scenes and and those words in my head. And that's when it clicked to me. Oh my God, she's she's telling AJ what Lee said to her. And then like yeah. I just like welled up and I went. Like, 
I yeah, did that in front of her, like, and she's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, <laughs> no. Yeah, but it's just like, and and then of course the uh, scene after that is just so like heartwarming and yeah, uh, just I, a great send off to that series. Yeah, at least it's bittersweet, you know. Yeah, it's like so. Uh, yeah like that's, well, congratulations uh, you guys survived <laughs> right it's like that is a great game and all i guess what i say is if when we do our best games played in 2022 it's like i no i don't see a way this doesn't end up on that list <laughs> oh over the last of us wow well i'm not sure about over the last of us they can both be on the list like yeah that's true they can both be great they're both allowed to be great (laughs) but yes but since we're talking about really sad apocalypse games why don't we get into our main segment right on yeah so the last of us daniel like what is your history with this franchise okay well obviously i remember when it was announced because i used to be really big this was 2013 when it came out yes it came out july of 2013 Uh, i was there day one uh not sound like a brag or anything but like uh you know i was a big fan of naughty dog and their um previous games at this point it was the three uncharted titles and prior to that like on the playstation 2 and even the playstation 1 like you know i was a big i was a fan of like you know the crash bandicoot games not that like you know those are monuments in like storytelling or anything right and like i played they not though mike i know running towards the camera it must be symbolic you know for (laughs) humanity's decline but (laughs) and then i played like the jack and dasher like a couple of them i think like it's like oh these are okay but like i was like a i was a cool teenager at that point so like you know those games weren't for me those those are baby games right and then the playstation 3 comes along and like you know Oh, Naughty Dog's like on to like a different franchise with the Uncharted games. And I definitely love those. And I loved how cinematic that they were. And I love that they kind of took their storytelling a little seriously. And then uh, The Last of Us was announced. And I, I, I don't remember the year, but I remember the announcement at a, a Sony E3 event. And it just kind of blew my mind because, you know, what we're when we're all kind of like inundated with the technology of the time, I just remember thinking like, wow, is this like real life? (laughs) I was so blown away by those graphics, those PlayStation three graphics. And to this day, like they still hold up. They're, they're, they're good. It's a great looking game. Like, Um, yeah, I know I played the remaster, but like I was, uh, because just today I finished up the left behind DLC to make sure I finished it up before we recorded. I was looking, I was walking and looked at TV. She's like, this looks like a movie. I know, doesn't it? And even back then, it it, it really did. So, um, yeah, I was there uh, day one, and uh, you know, I, I I feel like because of my um, exposure to the Uncharted games, that I kind of had this game figured out in a way. It's like, oh, this is just going to be like a sad drama movie, right? Like, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily prepared for the types of narrative storytelling that this game would do. And that beautiful marriage of gameplay told, uh, or narratives told through the gameplay as well, um, and that stuff will, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll deep dive more into that as well. But um, you, you, you know, you you said in the past that you had a PlayStation Three. Did you just um, did this one just kind of pass you by, or you weren't interested yeah. in it at the time? Or yeah, well, this is the main thing. It, it's a lot of I used to have PS Three, and I used to personally to play like. You know, get like Call of Duty and what have you. Oh, right on. Then, if you'll remember, there was that whole thing where PlayStation Network was down for like ever. Mm-hmm. So, it was, and that's when I just basically swore I didn't 
I pretty, I pretty got rid. Of, I got rid of my PS3 so I could and bought me a 360. Oh, okay. So oh, I did jump, not have you, you jump ship, you dirty yeah, trader. Exactly. <laughs> so that was actually let's see, that was like my getting fed up with PlayStation, basically. Yeah. And so I remember this game was announced, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it sucks. I don't want to play three anymore." But I was like, "But uh, you know, it, it didn't, back then I could only really like get like two or three games a year. It's just what I could. You yeah, know, what we could afford to get. So yeah, that's it. So I was like, "Well, that's okay. I'll like watch a playthrough of it." Yeah, you know, like I had like my few YouTube channels I watched. I was like, "I'll watch a playthrough of it, so at least I'll get to somewhat experience this." Mm-hmm. I remember I watched the playthrough. And it got to that opening scene. I just went, "Nope, not for me." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "No, I don't think I'd like this because you know I'm still like in my I only want to play Call of Duty and Halo mm-hmm. phase of my life." So, you know, in the in it. the in the mid aughts, you and I, Daniel, we we were like the smartest we've ever been, right? So it's only been exactly. downhill from then. <laughs> exactly. And in twenty thirteen, the big game I was hyped for going into I think going into that year was Far Cry three. So Yeah, right on, yeah. And it's, you know, that's not not that you're not wrong for being excited for that game too, but like man, twenty thirteen was such a great year for video games. It was. And so I just kinda missed it. And really I completely honest, I I didn't really think much about the game one way or the other because like, I didn't have a mm-hmm. PlayStation until part two came out. Yeah, in June and of part, 2020. Yeah, yeah, and that came out and the, the whole discourse around that, like I so, so many people having opinions on, like, what is the deal with this game? Yeah, we won't talk too much about um, The Last of Us Part 2. So, uh, so folks, at, at least kind of setting this up uh, for this deep dive, uh, we're going to speak full spoilers full spoilers for both of the last of us and the last of us left behind uh so everything that we're going to be talking about is with the knowledge that you have played and experienced those games um even if you just like saw a playthrough like we're mostly going to go over like narrative and narrative design and a little bit of gameplay as well um but we me in particular uh, daniel i know you've seen like uh video essays but me in particular, I played The Last of Us Part Two, so sometimes I might say things to allude to The Last of Us Part Two, but I won't spoiler. I, I won't spoil aspects of that game. Uh, I might say something like, "Oh, where Ellie goes in The Last of Us Part Two is very interesting because she did this in this game, right?" So I might right. say something like that, but um, I won't t- uh, talk about that game uh, in this episode, at least. And I have tried to like avoid major spoilers for Last of Us Part Two. I usually, if the video essays start getting too deep into things, I'm like, all right, I don't want to know all of this. I, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I know enough, but th- and so really, the reason, like, once I got the PS5, the reason I wanted to play Last of Us Part One was like, well, I'll just play the first game because I feel like I kind of need that to make any sense. The second, one, the second one was like the one I'm like, all right, that is interesting to me. I need to go back and play this first one. Yeah, the Last of Us Part Two. I think you can like the the layman can like go into that game just. And, and get a good experience because that game is about one particular subject in 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 general um, but to get the full enjoyment and to get the full weight and the understanding of what you as Ellie playing in that in that game is going through you need to experience the uh, we'll just call it part one you need to yeah. you, you, you need to experience part one because like you, you because of the agency of you handing the having the controller, and performing those actions, you need to feel the weight and the of, of those actions, and you need to feel the consequences of them as well. And that that could be said as well as you playing as Joel here in part one. Oh, oh definitely, I absolutely. So yeah, that's kind of my background. So I went into this, and I think we mentioned it on the on episode a few days. At first, I was like not. I was really into the story, but I wasn't like the gameplay wasn't enticing me as much. 
Mm-hmm. But of course, well, that let's talk away. about that right here. Actually, uh, like, right. what are before we get into all the pros? Uh, there's, there's a lot of pros. Uh, what are some of like the, the the kind of misses, the cons of The Last of Us? Would you say? Because remember, I you played say, the right remastered edition on PS4. Right. So, as a my main thing is, as a, at least in the first game, a lot of the sneaking around and going through things sections felt felt repetitive. Yeah, and I think I'm right there with you. I have here on my notes here the enemy AI, at least on normal, is kind of dumb and easily exploitable. And I think that kind of feeds into it feeling repetitive and feeling like, okay, well, we got to do another stealth segment. So let me just do my do the things that I normally do in a stealth segment. I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna throw a brick to lead this person or this clicker over here and then i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna sneak him and i'm gonna choke him out and then we're gonna do that like 15 times because this is a busy section but whatever yeah it's like and uh if you're like me that i i generally think i'm good at stealth like my fiance jokingly says i think i'm better than i actually am but i i kept getting caught so many times and just those sections just turning into full-on firefights. Yeah, like, to the game's credit, though, like it, it it weaves you in and out of stealth segments uh, pretty seamlessly, and I, I think yeah. that's to the game's credit. Yes, very true. It's just like, there'll be times where it's like, I definitely can stealth this person. I did this right, and then I hear someone go, hey, they're over there. I'm like, crap, where's that person at? And <laughs> yeah, it's just like, that's, that could be a little frustrating, too, but like, yeah. you know, uh, it's, some, I guess, something that... Um, when you're trying to gamify something and make it so grounded in reality, I guess that could happen, right? You could just get a little sloppy and then somebody somewhere that you can't see, which is, you know, in the game, almost always off camera, they'll spot you and then it ruins your entire stealth run, you know? Right. So that's why, especially near the end of the game, when, when I had more weapons and more ammo, I just kind of, because I've already stockpiled ammo, especially for the latter part of the game, I was like, okay, I don't feel like dealing with this right now. You all are just going to die. <laughs> By the end of the game, do you mean like the, the, the at the hospital? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, good- I, had very, I had very little ammo when I got to that section, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Same here, because like I think you're not meant to uh, as well. Yeah, because... I, I think the game is designed basically for you to not like they're they're smart. And that's why they put like an army of infected between you and the hospital. Then because my brain is like, all right, well I can use all my ammo here, right? Like right. we're just gonna get to the hospital. That's pretty much gonna be the end of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's that, that hospital segment because uh, I've played it on New Game Plus like countless countless times too. So on New Game Plus, you get to you get to uh, carry over. Like all of your upgrades, uh, your pouch upgrades, and all of your weapons and ammo as well. So by the time I got to the hospital, like on my fourth playthrough or whatever, I was basically oh playing it like Call of Duty. <laughs> I was like, nice. bah, 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 bah. it's like I gotta get to my baby girl, bah, 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 bah. you know. But yeah, uh, but but yeah. Aside from that, I say I, I really don't have many more complaint, really any more complaints other than just you know, sometimes the segments between the main beats of the game can get repetitive. Okay, cool. So um, I, I guess maybe my perception of this is a little different because I have played The Last of Us Part Two, and you haven't yet. But um, how, how did you feel about the overall traversal of the game? Like to me, even in 2013, I felt like it was a little stiff and I wouldn't say that today it's necessarily aged well. Uh, I can see that. I, how, specifically, how do you mean? So, like, everybody just kind of 
I mean, Joel, I get uh, more, more Joel than Ellie. Cause she's a little bit more limber, but when you're playing as Joel, like he just kind of feels lumbering. He just, but like, I, but again, like they're, they're doing a grounded in reality thing, right? He wouldn't necessarily be sprinting all the time, but is that the right game design? I don't know. Right. It just felt okay, like yeah. it was super can, slow, you know? Yeah. There were at times where I would sit there. I'm like, am I like, why isn't he sprinting? Then I let go of the sprint, but I'm like, Oh, I was sprinting. Okay. <laughs> it was a sprint. It's <laughs> like, Oh, that, that was his sprinting. Okay. I'm like, Joel, you didn't hit the gym, bud. I know. I was like, well, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to walk across the country with some little girl. All right. <laughs> and, and then when you get to the segments where you play as Ellie, you're like, okay, this is a little better. Yeah, Ellie is so much quicker. So I was, it was a pleasant surprise to play as her in a, in, in winter time. So but, um, yeah, I can definitely see that now that they mentioned it. But as far as level design goes, if we're kind of sticking to that, right, I really like the idea that you can almost always see your objective in the levels. Yeah, and that's part of the storytelling too. Again, kind of a masterclass, and that's the term I'm going to be using. I'm maybe using terms like masterclass and ex- exquisite, and you know, other superlatives like that. But I, I, this game, what it does really well is marrying the narrative with the gameplay. And like you said, like you can almost always see your objective, and that gives you the player this agency to keep going. I can see that bridge we need to get to. I can see the city hall that we need to get to. Right. I, can I can see the, I see the university building. I see the exactly. building. It's like, it's, but how do I, we I get really, there? Right. That's, that's right. part of the, the mystery, I guess, of, of the level design. Yeah. It's, and like, I said, wow, like really. I said, it helps you keep going. Even when you're like kind of in a segment that might be frustrating, you're like, no, I see it. I know I'm getting closer. Yeah. And, and, you know, that adds to the agency that probably what the character, what the player, what the characters are, um, you know, feeling as well. And kudos to the writing team, because almost always, when the characters would kind of, you know, do their preamble or just kind of like, you know, small talk here and there, they almost always feel like this is exactly what I'd expect them to say. Right. So yeah. like just again, kudos to that writing team. Like this, this, this game was, was, it was just with a fine tooth comb. Every single element was really combed over and really just kind of, glossed up you know and like in every aspect feels like these are master craftsmen at work you know exactly like this is a game that you can tell a lot of time and detail went into yeah in a lot of ways like i don't even think i think maybe even neil Druckmann, the writer and director like i think he's probably admitted to like well i didn't write this with the with a sequel in mind or something like that and yeah and i love that i love that it, had there never been a Last of Us Part Two, even with that ambiguous ending, like I would still a complete story. It's a complete story, and there's just enough ambiguity to leave for the community to kind of, kind of, to kind of, uh, you know, speculate uh, on their own. And you know, while we're here talking about that, like Daniel, what did you think of the ending? <laughs> oh man, I told you, about, I had so many thoughts racing through my head with that ending well let's lead up to the ending right that that, that, that last right. five minutes when you're taking control of ellie again and you're just kind of going through the woods looks like you know, uh, you're going back to um where jackson. You, we- jackson right jackson wyoming and uh, you're going back to tommy's uh kind of town where he he, he and his wife maria that uh, sounds right not, i think yeah, his wife maria is like kind of like you know, they built a community. It's it's kind of the 
one of the only places we know in the game that like kind of is back to like normal life or something like that. And you're yeah. taking control of Ellie. She's despondent. You can tell something's wrong. Joel's going, going on and on about like, Oh wow. You know, can't wait to get back there. There's going to be other kids there. And you know, oh, I, I would have loved for you to meet Sarah. You, you would have loved her. Right. Like yeah, the first time he's talking about Sarah. Right. Right. What I really love is it's pretty much flipped because all this time playing as Joel, Ellie has been so talkative and Joel has been so like, quiet and (laughs) for the first time their roles have been switched so like what did you think of joel at that point right and it's like i don't know what i was expecting but just like when she tells him like you know tell me that everything you said about what happened in the hospital was true and he just he like i was expecting him at least i didn't, didn't expect him to tell the truth i expected him to at least like pause or like look guilty or something it's like and he just goes like yeah it's true. Like, oh, dude, like, me and my family, like we've seen that ending so many times, right? And like, if you look carefully at him, he gets super defensive. Like, it, yeah, and like he's done it so many times in the game. So he steps back, he he picks his chin up, and he looks you right in the eye. He says, I swear. And then Ellie just kind of, she has this look on her face. She kind of nods like a little bit. You can see it in her body language. I could... I can't tell if her eyes are welling up because that kind of PS3 shine. I hope maybe in the the remake they maybe make it look like she's welling up or not. But like it looks like she just looks so defeated. It's like there's no point in me trying to get it out of you because you are like I know you. You're like the most stubborn man in the world. Right. Like you're yeah, never going like, to tell me the truth. Yeah, it's like and yeah, just that whole ending. Maybe I was like and my heart sank because I'm just like I I don't know everything about part two, but I'm just like well if there I know there's part two and I'm like this is gonna come up this is gonna come to a head yeah let's not uh let's not fast forward over there because there's definitely a lot to unpack yeah uh, at least with that conversation but you know the game was definitely because these two are foils for one another right the fact that like ellie is a young girl who's has a bit of positivity right she doesn't have the experience that joel has and joel's i mean just with the freaking prologue right like you you've, he's a broken man in this broken world you know that the whole scene with the uh, with them going to um they're, they're, they're after the after the leaf bill um they're, yeah. they're they're trying to go to utah or something right and then they get ambushed and then she and joel admits to um ellie like oh yeah i was i used to do that too me and tommy used to do that right yeah like, i really love that line like where she was like how'd you know the guy's we're lying. He's like, I've been on both sides. And that's all. And she just goes, Oh, like she doesn't follow up. Like she's almost like offended by that statement. Right. Like I thought I knew this dude. He's just telling me more and more how awful this guy is. Right. Right. And she's like, you can tell she's scared, but like, where else is she going to go? Like she still feels safe with this guy. She's not safe on her own, but um, yeah. And that's like a thing I want for you. It's like the the morally gray things that you have to do as Joel and like mentioned at the game, it's like that is some of the best I've ever seen. Like just in, not even just in video games, just in any fiction, just like, cause I don't know how I feel about a lot of them. <laughs> the decisions yeah. made. Joel always will always, always make the excuse that, and he's, he does this a test too in the, in, in the beginning parts of the game. Like we are survivors, right? And Tess yeah. even tries to challenge him because like, no, we're, we are, okay, this is going to be the first explicit episode because there's no way to get around the language here. Yeah, but like, this she's, is not hard. 
Yeah, so she's like, we're shitty people, Joel. And he's like, no, we are survivors. And he shouts at her, almost as if to be like, like, how dare you? How dare you question my morality? To test, like, the one person he probably still loves in this world, right? Exactly. It's just... Yeah, like, just, I don't think it's morally gray at this point. I think it's like I think we're kind of leaning into the black, dude. <laughs> right, right. I more meant to like specifically the ending decision. Oh, that, sure, yeah. That, that Joel makes is like because uh, my fiance asked me about that. I don't know. I don't think there's a way for us to talk about this without just diving headlong into the hospital uh, section of the game. Yeah. So you know what? Let's let's start with the ending because you know a lot of our a lot of our painting of the picture of the narrative as a whole will revolve around where we end up with these characters still yeah so we get to salt lake city i think it's the city we're in uh, where we find the firefly compound they've kind of taken over this hospital rumor has it that there's doctors in there hoping to find a cure ellie is of course immune and um and there is you know some some environmental puzzles that we have to get through there ellie of course can't swim and this is of course right after the winter chapter where Ellie has probably her most traumatic moment as oh, a yeah. human being. And that, that scene itself is just so hauntingly beautiful, oh, yeah. right? The, the butchering of David and, and Joel finally, not only like in, in that dark moment, like accepting her as his daughter, he even calls her baby yeah. girl. Like he used to call Sarah and it's yeah, just, like, wow. That whole scene, like that scene had me like, just so emotionally, especially like, the way like he's holding her and her first instruction is like to try to basically almost stab him and like sh- shove him yeah. off of her. Well, she's so, in like, shock, right? Like, yeah, she, like she is, she is traumatized. Like there's yeah. no other way to say that. But, the last time she saw Joel, he was like on death's door, <laughs> like in some garage somewhere. But right. um, yeah, so, you know, and this is so right here in spring, we are after that traumatic period in Ellie's life and she's, you know, kind of despondent. She's not really reacting to to Joel. And it's, there's this one scene too, like you know, so the entire game, you know, when you're trying to do like an environmental puzzle where you need to work together, or like, you know, you need to pick Ellie up and then she needs to unlock the door or whatever. Joel always calls for Ellie, and Ellie's right there. And then there's this one scene with with the ladder where you have to go up the ladder, and then and then you hit Ellie, and then she does she's not there, and then you hit the prompt again, Ellie, and then she's over there sitting down, just kind of thinking, right? And it's like. You yeah. think, oh, dude, like, where's the button to like, okay, process trauma? Where's the process trauma button? <laughs> right, you two, y'all, y'all need therapy, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. But, but, um, the... but they don't yeah. do it. Like, Joel again kind of deflects and just says, like, well, you know, sometimes like these things happen, right? And it's like, yeah, it's just this man, oh. like, this man is not good at this. <laughs> this poor broken man is trying to, yeah. I don't know, not bring her down to his level but right, he's I, I, go ahead yeah i i think it's because the way i can try it is joel can't let her process her trauma because he can't because well, he can't process his own because right it'll force mind, him to attach his own yeah right and if you if you process his own trauma it has to admit that basically that what happened to sarah isn't his fault and that's like the only thing that's been keeping him like he is so long yeah, dude, he, yeah. he will not forgive himself and let it and acknowledge that what happened is not his fault so which is interesting too because shortly after that scene like he accepts the picture of uh, joel and sarah from ellie like he yeah. finally accepts it after rejecting the picture from her uh, earlier yeah 
So yeah, that's that's a that's a very it's a very thought provoking scene. Like it, it's just a short little moment, but there's so much weight and context in there, and so and, and it's all told through their actions. And I love that man. So so we're continuing on. We're trying to get to the hospital. Ellie falls into the water, and then you know lots of exciting gameplay stuff happens and then ellie passes out uh because she almost drowned and then we and then we run into some fireflies ask for some help boom they knock us out we wake up we're in the hospital and hey look who it is it's i already forgot her name all right i marlene Marlene, thank you i was like i had it in my head and i just lost it so yeah we're we're in the right place This, this is the hospital there are doctors here who are looking for a cure they've been waiting for ellie um marlene not looking oh wait no she's she was shot in earlier so she's doing better now so um yeah so she basically lays it out for joel that she's being prepped for surgery we don't have time for to wake her up and ask her if she has if we have her consent to dig into her brain and you know we do i have to ask her for we don't have time to ask her if you have her consent to kill her yeah and so that's already a bomb drop right there and let's stop right there like you so this game is emotionally manipulative, to say the least, right? Oh, oh yes. This I is play- Steven Spielberg levels emotionally manipulative. Yeah. Um, I played this game when my daughter was five years old. You have oh, a young no. son. You have a young yeah. son who is one years old now. But uh, how does that make you feel, dude? How did that make you feel? Uh, that was, I was, my reaction was, oh, heck no. I like, oh, mm. heck no, we're not doing this. Did you think Joel was going to go that far, though? I did not know think that Joel was gonna do everything he did, but I didn't I knew he was gonna try to stop it. I did not know we were going to go on a murder rampage. One thing that I I remember not liking in 2013, but on subsequent playthroughs and then subsequently like thinking about it a lot, I'm really glad that they did it because this is something that only the the video game art form can do. When you get to the surgery, the surgery, the surgery room, and the game automatically has Joel like aimed, aiming his gun down at the doctor, like, and and the game forces you to kill him, you, you kill the doctor, to, in order to progress the the cutscene. Um, how did that make you feel? You had to be oh. the one to pull the trigger. They didn't put that in a cutscene, right? It's like I, I think in that that instance, like my adrenaline was so high that like I just kind of like saw the prompt. I was like, okay. And I remember I shot the doctor and it took me a second to process. Oh crap. What did I just do? And yeah. then it has you swing around and like the nurses. And I, I just remember saying like, on the screen, it's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you kill the nurses too? Uh, yes. Did I not have to? <gasps> oh no. You don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, no. oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. This is a game oh, about no. grief and what, what, what some people do to escape from their grief. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, I figured since it made me kill him, I was like, I guess I have to like, take take out everybody in this room before I can grab Ellen. And as he was like saying to the nurse, I was like, I'm sorry, the game is making me do this. <laughs> I wish Joel said that in like in the game. I'm sorry, the game's making me do this. <laughs> but yeah, it's like the, the game makes you kill the doctor. You unplug Ellie from all the machines. She still pass out at this at this point, and then you try to escape. And and here we go again with this beautiful. Um, symmetry with yes. the prologue. You are carrying Ellie out of the hospital, running, escaping the same way that Joel is carrying Sarah at the beginning, try, running and escaping um, during uh, during the outbreak. 
And yeah, my exactly. God, if that didn't hammer home already that like how, how Joel felt about Ellie at that point, like, man. <laughs> yeah. That hit heavy. And then you, you have like the, then of course you have the section where you have to like get through all the sneak past all the horrible, terrifyingly heavily armed guards. Yeah. I mean, luckily I think the game like is generous with that segment. Like yes. for me, like I just kind of darted through like cubicles and things like that. Right. And like I got right. out that pretty was, I, easily. Yeah. I died a couple of times before I was like, okay, let me see. Uh, oh, okay. I managed, to, I basically, I died a few times. So I was able to like take one out and grab their gun and then like you know, pick off a few more than I was able to hide and like, dodge and weave through oh okay yeah i gotcha um but uh, i thought that's where the game was gonna kind of end i thought they were just gonna get to the get to the parking garage hotwire a car and boom out of there but uh oh boy did oh no are we not done in the hospital (laughs) no we are not done in the hospital because we get down the parking garage and then we run into marlene (laughs) yeah and of course there's yeah that one last uh you know thread uh of this storyline marlene's there um you know and, and and I love Marlene as a character because like even yes. even knowing that she knew Joel was going to be there says a lot about her as a character. Like, oh, she's probably done as many bad things as Joel has. Right. And he and, right. He's, and she's like one step ahead of him or something right. like that. And what I liked about Marlene is because I, I managed to find a few of like the audio tapes you can find in the game. Yeah. And listen to him and like where she even describes saying Joel was mostly the only other person alive that could understand how hard of a decision this is. Yeah, so she must know about Sarah. Yeah, like I said, like she knows that definitely knows enough about Joel. But just like that, it's like they're very similar in that way of that I don't think either of them want to do this. They have just come to very opposing resolutions of what to do now that they're in the situation with Ellie. Yeah, and in, in, I think in any other like situation not involving Ellie, like those two could be like a force to reckon with, right? Like those two right. probably are gonna be like like those two are definitely like prone for leadership in this type of broken world like you know you definitely see that marlene is like the leader of this firefly um <gasps> excuse me this firefly group that's taken over the hospital at this point but like in like given the situation i'm sure joel would have done the same thing right um but exactly. now we are now because this is involving ellie we are they are confronting one another and you know g- given given the situation right like because like i've had zoe ask me this all the time and every single time we play the last of us together she always asks me the same question and like sometimes my answer goes one way sometimes my answer goes another way but daniel like were you if you were in joel's shoes like would you do the same thing that he was gonna do all right that's exactly what my fiance asked (laughs) asked me when i like told her about the ending and i was just like i I literally said that i was like i I don't I don't know. Like yeah. it's like that's, that's something that you know. Hopefully, none of us will ever have ever have to find out about ourselves, right? And like, you won't ever know unless you're put into that situation. But like, right. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I would definitely be like, "Hey, Ellie, wake up! They want to kill you. How do you feel about that?" <laughs> right. It's like it's just the idea is that Marlene is like, like the game also makes you think that Marlene is a superior high ground when she says like, "You know, she would want this," but I'm like. I Does know she? she said that she wanted her life to better, but it's like, you didn't ask her. You don't know that. Yeah. She's inferring that about Ellie and like, I, and granted like Ellie and Marlene. And even if you, you know, cause when you play La- uh, left behind Ellie and Marlene, like have, have had relations, uh, a, a prior relationship, right? Like she's like the leader of like whoever's taking care of the kids or something like her. 
whatever uh, the, her foster. Yeah, I was a, I was a little confused about that even after playing Left Behind a little bit, but I but you definitely tell they have a, a prior yeah, history. They know each other, so like, is she just inferring, or has she has she explained to Ellie that like, hey Ellie, one day when you get to Salt Lake City Hospital to take care of this, you know, this this uh mutation in your brain they're gonna have to kill you to make a vaccine are you okay with that just in case yeah. this crazy person tries to kill every doctor in this hospital <laughs> right it's like so they like said neither of them can know neither joel nor marlene can definitely say what ellie would want yeah both of them are inferring their own will onto ellie and that's the right. that's the shitty like morally ambiguous part of this and that's that's a hard question to answer right who's in the right they're both in the wrong in their own ways but exactly what happens still happens like joel secretly has a gun pulled on her and from underneath from underneath ellie's like shoulder or something while he's holding her and like and shoots her dead and you know shoots her a couple times yeah that's the thing that really like messed me up you know he shoots her and like she's injured and she pulls that gun out, and she's even like, you know, you can let me live. And I was expecting, like, I don't know why. I guess I was expecting the game to maybe give me a choice there. And mm. it was just like, but Joel just like, now nah, you'd follow us. And shoots her in the head. And I was like, I just I was like, what the fuck, Joel? <laughs> yeah, and I wonder, like, if that was intentional. Like, why make us kill the doctor, but not make us kill Marlene? Right. It's just like, that That really, like, was the thing. So I was like, all right, then. And in my opinion, that's not even the worst thing Joel did that day. So driving away from the hospital, right? And then we get that conversation. Like Ellie wakes up in the backseat of the car. She's still in her hospital gown asking what happened. And then beautifully, I love the editing of this scene too. Because like we just kind of close up on Joel's face and he's seeing flashes or he's remembering flashes of what just happened. Him killing Marlene and, you know, the the, the scene in the hospital when, you know, taking her out and stuff and like and he just he starts this he's he starts the snowball of the lies to her like oh there's there you know it looks like they've already found a bunch of immune people and they weren't able to find some vaccines so they stopped looking so we're gonna leave and and that and you can and again like the body language even though this was, this was on playstation 3 like they, they still had the technology back in the day for the for the facial capture to still make it seem like ellie knows something is not right here because she can still be sad about like oh all this was for nothing i'm gonna go back to bed right i guess you could kind of you know infer that from her reaction to it i mean what what were you thinking about you know once once joel said that to her yeah i really took it as well that's very disappointing for her because as she mentions it at the end of the game she wants she doesn't want everything to be for nothing she wants yeah. her life to mean something but also i took that also as i don't think she's buying that i think she yeah. knows that there's something that he's not telling her yeah throughout the entire game like from the from the from the moment you meet ellie to the to the ending you as the player and joel and i'm surprised like joel thought he could probably get away with this but like he, we, we see how smart Ellie is. Ellie is like, yes, yeah, she's a young person. She's like 14, I think. And like, but she's not stupid. Like she, she's yeah. had to grow up in this broken world. Like she, she knows people. She understands people. She, she understands Joel more than I think Joel understands Joel. 
you know exactly like she, I think she understands Joel like we understand Joel yeah right because you know the only person who doesn't understand Joel is Joel himself <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh boy so yeah but, that ending is like I've been mulling on that ending for like seven years up until The Last of Us Part 2 like I, I, I always thought like we don't need a part two we don't need a part two and then we got part two and then we'll have to talk about like, part two at some point <laughs> yeah trust me I, I am eagerly awaiting my to get my hands on it, I'll pick it up once on sale at some point. And that might make me pause on Bloodborne and Ghost Tsushima if I get my hands on it. <laughs> right. I, I, I need to see the second part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Pause on Bloodborne, a very difficult game to play another emotionally difficult game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, if we're talking about like we're talking about Ellie, I just want to figure this out. One of my first notes I wrote, like my first note I wrote after finishing, I was like, well, Ellie is my new favorite video game character. <laughs> She's up there, man. Like it's and, and it's crazy, too, because this game does so many things well, right? And, and talking about the medium of video games, there's so many games out there with um, uh, escort, escort mission games. Yes. Where it's like, okay, and, well, they're, I, I have to... And it's and it's often the same thing, too. So I'm, I'm glad that they dealt with this trope. Like, oh, it's always like some young kid, often a girl, and they're always like annoying and they walk slower than you. So you always got to wait for them and you always got to rescue them because they're so useless. All right. And I was really scared about that at first. I was like, okay, we're scoring a girl. Please, I'm asking this little girl, like, please don't make the AI for LA like super annoying. Yeah. And very smartly, um, the game designers understood that too. And they understood that they had to program the game in a in a way where you don't ever have to worry about Ellie like not once like it's 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 that's programmed into the gameplay segments like she knows when to hide she knows um you don't ever have to like tell her to like throw a brick or anything like sometimes she just does that yeah and yeah, like she, and if you and if you guys get cornered she was going to just jump on the back of a guy and stab him with a knife yeah depending on like where you are in the story like she gets more comfortable like helping to hurt you because or help um, help hurt enemies and stuff because it's after the scene where she first takes a life right in summertime and like and ellie starts to become more and more proficient in in combat situations both with clickers and with uh, human beings um right but like very smartly like you you like and 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 i've noticed some tarts too like playing this on playstation 3 again back to my point about how the ai including the ai for ellie is kind of dumb um, I've seen parts where like I'm hiding and like there's a human enemy like just trying to like you know on patrol like and, and they've seen me so I'm like trying to hide so they can kind of de-aggro me for a little bit and then Ellie is kind of darting in between like cover spots and very clearly like walks in front of an enemy but the enemy okay. doesn't notice yes. them yes I noted yeah. that I noticed that as well like I'm hiding behind a thing but I guess like the cover's not big enough for both of us so she's just kind of stuck out to the side yeah and the guy walks right like right, right past her and I'm able to just like come up and, and <laughs> knock him out and I'm like okay that doesn't make a bit of sense I mean yeah I'm I'd rather that be the case than her stuck out not in cover and they see her and it ruined and i guess shot at because of it but still yeah so even though it kind of breaks the immersion a little bit like it's very again the, the the developers were very smart because if that were to happen and if that were to happen a lot where your cover would be blown because of something dumb that the ellie ai did that would further like not endear you to ellie as a person right we whenever we exactly. see things like you know for other I'll say it lesser games where you have to, where you have to like do escort missions for your dumb AI companion and they mess you up. What, what is the first thing you say? Like, ah, oh, you 
dumb idiot. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm I'm glad for that part. I'm glad like there's no fail safe or fail state for um, the Ellie AI, even even though it's kind of silly in parts. But it's 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 a it's a conceit of the game, I suppose. Exactly. But yeah, the, overall, like, I think the game design is really great, and like just it's like my main thing was I was thinking Ellie was gonna be younger I guess I didn't know exactly how old she was so I was expecting her to be like maybe younger and a little more like innocent and not nearly as smart mouthed as she was yeah <laughs> as we started, I'm like okay I like this kid yeah but uh, given the nature of the world right of course a kid like Ellie who was born into this world and like this is all she knows of course she would come out that way right <laughs> right exactly like it makes so much sense but so Ellie's I, I really uh, one of your laugh. Oh, go ahead. It really made me laugh, and it's my juvenile, and I think it's funny, is the scene where you're in the car after you leave Bill. (laughs) Yep. That's one of the best scenes in video games, bro. (laughs) Right, yes. With the magazine, and I Uh, Ellie, that's not really for kids. (laughs) Yeah, and just her, hey, Joel, why are the pages stuck together? (laughs) And And I just just had this, I had this, you should have seen me, I had a look at like this utter disgust. (laughs) And Joel's like, uh, and she goes, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, (laughs) and she throws out the way, later, dude. (laughs) Ellie is so good. Like, whoever wrote her dialogue is so, uh, like, I, I feel like they really understand teenagers in a way like i exactly like my daughter right now is ellie's age in that game and oh my god like the smart mouth on zoe is like almost right. like exactly that like oh my gosh right and that's that's why i always tell my fiance is that i i'm sure people can tell from this this podcast i'm a very smart mouth person in general yeah <laughs> and so is my fiance so we have said like oh, our son has no chance <laughs> your son's gonna grow up just like ellie huh? exactly but yeah, it doesn't I, have I to be an apocalypse that, exactly but that scene was like the one where i was like okay i love this character so much yeah and that comes after like and i love that scene too because like also for joel um after the whole you know, in that town, Bill's town, you know, that's the first time Joel ever kind of is soft with Ellie, you know, when he, she, when she's in the truck and stuff and he compliments her for the very first time. And, and for the very first time in the game too, when Bill is kind of like, you know, bad mouthing Ellie, Joel like defends her for the very first time. And, yeah. and finally it kind of, it kind of pays off in that scene when they're driving together and, you know, they're kind of, they kind of have a very relatable father you know, a father daughter bonding moment with, you know, with, with, with daughters, like a teenager. Like it's, I, there's so many like similar things. Like, you know, my, my daughter doesn't read porno in the back of our car, but like, there's a lot oh, of like, goodness, <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's a lot of like, you know, uh, smart mouth things where like Zoe would say, and I'd be like, um, I don't know what to say to that. You're just too clever for me. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So it's, yeah, it's, like- yeah, Ellie's, Ellie's great. So Ellie's one of your favorite characters, huh? So that means you must've had a great time with the left behind DLC. Oh yeah. I thought it was very enjoyable. Yeah. Well, what, what were you expecting going into that? Well, as soon as like, Especially the other game, we should start talking about our friend Riley, and I was like, "Okay, well, that makes sense. That's probably what this is, what the DLC is going to be about." Because I saw her and another girl on the cover mm-hmm. uh, for the cover for. It's like, okay, this will probably just be like showing us what happened to Riley. I was like, I can probably guess about yeah. this. It's going to be very sad. But Riley was, uh, being... you know, name dropped in the ending, and then uh, she's yeah. made mention of to, to Joel before, especially in that very, very crushing scene in the autumn chapter 
where they're at the oh, farmhouse yeah. and they have that and they have that argument. Oh my god! Like I oh. cry. It sounds like a meme. I'm saying this, but like I literally cry every time. Like those, right, that's that, a, that's those characters at their lowest, and I can't ever imagine talking to my daughter like that. Right, and like it, yeah, and like it that, hurts me. That hurts so bad. Like it's, especially when I was, I'm sorry, I'm so glad we're not doing a censored episode because I have no idea how you would do this while trying to quote these lines. When she talks, <laughs> when she's saying like how she's, are they talking about loss, losing people? And she's like, every, whether they die, everyone dies or leaves except for fucking you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, so, and just that, oh, that was where it like hurt. Yeah. And she shoves him and like, you can tell Joel's trying to hold back tears because he, he won't say it, but like he loves Ellie at that point, but he just can't stand the idea of losing another daughter. So he yeah, tries yeah. to just push her away and tell her, and I'm sure as hell ain't your dad. Oh my yeah, God. No. How oh. could you say that? And I, I think I even said, this like, Ah, screw you, Joel. You know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but but of course, you know that 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 moment is paid off later at the end of the, or not in the middle of the autumn chapter, but before we go to the university, where you know Joel won't actually say it. He won't apologize, but he uses his actions because he's a man of few words to be like, "All right, Ellie, get off, get off, get off the horse. You're coming with me." Like, you know, you know, Tommy, your wife scares me, so I'd rather not have to deal with her wrath. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, take Ellie. You know, and Ellie because she understands Joel. She doesn't call him out on. She's just kind of like, okay, cool, we're good now, yeah. you know. So it's beautiful, but, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah so left, I guess left behind is great. is a, is a great addition to it. Yeah, and that I, it brings to mind, and of course, it shows that uh, Ellie and Riley's relationship was may have been a little bit more than what we were immediately thought about. Given yeah, the, we, in the first we, game. we we see that Ellie has kind of explored her sexuality a little bit, like or the beginning stages of that. You know, she's at that age yeah. too, where you know kids experiment and kind of find themselves yeah. a little bit. And, and as I say, that's the age where you don't really know anything about how you feel, but you just, just know kinda, how you feel. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, but you don't know how to put into words. Yeah, yeah. teenager teenager sexuality is it's very weird, and it's crazy too because like when she when when Ellie understands how she feels about Riley, she doesn't say anything she just lets her actions speak for themselves and it's a beautifully written part and you know i, I played that dlc and of course after i played the, the the vanilla game and like i teared up at that point because there i can't remember in the vanilla game any like truly happy time of uh, interacting with ellie right there's like there's, there's kind of that um scene in in the summer chapter with um those two brothers who's the younger one uh crap what are they? it's sam is sam the younger one it's sam the sam's one. the other one yeah so like ellie like got to be a little kid with we got to be young again like when she met sam but like this was the first time i ever saw ellie like really happy and like i was just so because i'm so attached to her at this point like i've i've i felt really emotional at that time like seeing her kiss riley and it was just it was just and I was like, man, you go, girl. You get that. <laughs> but then yeah, to have like, her like shortly, you know, shortly thereafter, like lose Riley was just like, you know, crushing for me yeah. too. And it was really crushing because it's like, you know, it's going to happen for the minute they start playing the DLC. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, know she says it in the ending. Yeah. So you know what happens, but it's like you just you don't know how emotional it is until you see it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so given that we talked about Sam, we, we want to talk about the summer chapter with Sam and Henry. <laughs> Sam and Henry, thank you for reminding me what the older brother's name is. And I love that interaction again because, you know, when we first meet 
Sam and Henry, Joel is going to kill Henry. (laughs) Joel, like without thinking, he just sees a stranger and he's immediately in in defense mode and he's about to murder him. It's not until he sees little Sam pull a gun on him that like he takes a pause. Yeah. And like, it's funny that like, uh, like I said, that Henry doesn't even like, isn't really that mad about it. After he's, like, <laughs> he he's, like, well, he's like, well, you know what? Given the situation, I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like, it, it's, it's so interesting because they're kind of similar in a way, like, you know, Joel and Ellie with Henry and Sam, but different as well. Right. So you have Henry, yeah. the older, more experienced survivor taking care of Sam, the, the younger, more innocent one. And I like little scenes that like when they're in a toy that, that 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 toy shop and Sam just wants to carry a little robot with him, right? Because he he's he's a little boy. He wants to play with a little robot. Yeah. And Henry kind of like very sternly says, like, no, we only take what we need, right? And and it's and it kind of mirrors Joel's kind of suppression of Ellie's innocence in a way too, right? Where he won't yeah. entertain Ellie any of Ellie's like immaturity or like her singing or humming or wanting to tell jokes or anything like that or yeah. even trying to get Which, to know her at that point yeah and i kind of forget the joke thing but i really like how that was paid off in the left behind dlc yeah <laughs> that was great <laughs> how many jokes did you did you tell before you just before you sit where you put the book away i did the whole thing dude <laughs> oh, oh i think oh, there's, there's a, a trophy limit. for it too <laughs> oh there's a limit okay i wasn't sure i wasn't sure if this went on infinitely so i was like okay i think that's good yeah it, there, there's oh, a lot oh, of them and i thought it would they were just going to repeat but like eventually at that put that trophy pot for me i was like all right that was worth it <laughs> yeah, i have to say i find it insane that i played the entirety of last of us and i got two trophies the entire time yeah it's not a trophy friendly game so <laughs> it I, is I, not yeah there's some multiplayer trophies too and it, you know uh, ah. i don't know what the remastered i don't know if the multiplayer aspect is still live it's probably not probably but, uh, not so yeah but at least that, at least on ps3 that's a tr- that's a platinum i'm never going to get because those multiplayer servers are down so thanks right, naughty dog guys. yeah sad but yeah i really like sam and henry and i just gotta tell you like the when you get to the ending of summer oh yeah that, that was that was the... where the game really like just like we go oh okay okay this is the kind of game i'm playing all right yeah and that was the moment for me that i realized i was playing something special you know and we brought it up uh on on, on a previous episode as well but my goodness like that that the the editing of that scene is just so great like you yourself the player don't have time to process what happens and then boom the scene is over we've moved on to another season what a great job yeah exactly and it broke my expectations so much because as soon as i see that sam has has turned it's like i immediately thought oh crap i'm gonna have to be the one that shoots him and you are prepared to and then henry pulls a gun on you and i'm just like oh no no i don't want to have to shoot henry right now i really don't want to and then that's one of the times where i'm glad it didn't cut to gameplay like i'm I'm glad the scene just kind of like let it do it let let it do its thing yeah and then of course henry has to henry shoots sam and I was just like, okay, I didn't expect that. I was actually, I was going to have to shoot Sam. Then me and Henry would get into it. And like, and like I said, you only have time to react. And I thought I was going to have to shoot Henry because I thought Henry was going to go crazy. Yeah. And like, he just turns the gun on himself and like fires you, right? Like, your gunshot. And just, like, almost immediately turns the gun on himself, which is so starkly dark to me. Like, the oh, yeah. only reason Henry was still alive 
was to take care of Sam. He was right. the only thing Henry was living for. And that is so heartbreaking, right? And that's, right. again, like, like would 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 Joel do that, right? If Joel yeah. had the same relationship with Ellie that Henry had with Sam, like, would he turn a gun on himself if he ever saw Ellie? Like, you know, in, in an alternate universe where a game over screen of Ellie dying from a clicker like does does Joel like shoot himself as soon as he sees that right who knows right exactly and I just remember like the, the moment that it does like camera shoots himself and it cuts I just like set my controller down next to me and I just put my hands on my head and I just went what the fuck game <laughs> <laughs> that was the most what the fuck game <laughs> like I've ever seen at at you know and, and almost ever like in a video game too and right. you know, a, a lot of people put the last of us up on this pedestal like as if it invented story game uh, uh, video game storytelling which it did right. let's be fair but like no there have been great games before it <laughs> yeah but just the masterful way that it tells us and because and again because you're playing some of these segments because you're traversing with these characters and getting to know Joel and Ellie, we're not skipping any of that stuff because it's a TV series or a movie or something. We get to see this bond slowly develop and we get to be the one to help Ellie escape. If she's like pinned up by a, a, a clicker or something, like we get to see her, like we get to see Ellie rescue us from a bandit or something. Right. And like, these are moments that are tangible to us as players that's what makes this story so powerfully told. Like it would, it still, it would have been a good story if it was still just a mini series or something. And that's something I want to bring up in a bit. But like, be, uh, but again, because this was told through the medium of a video game, and in the video game, you get to see environmental storytelling done so well. You know, speaking about the the the, the summer chapter when we were with uh, Henry and Sam, the the sewers is one of my favorite places be, to explore because. Without any other human characters in those sewers, like you still f- can feel the life that was led here, right? You get, right. You, you can feel the sense of community, community that this place once had. And when you realize that, like all the clickers and stuff you've been fighting in there are essentially the people and the children that live there, or like now that makes you feel gross as a character right. like wow like the the way that this game plays with you because it's a video game right that's why i, I love this medium so much man exactly it's just like i said i can say that the game has great environmental storytelling where the i say sound design really shocked me i don't really talk about sound design in video games i don't think about it much but destroy really just it really just stuck out to me yeah, really punctuated by the fact that there's very minimal music too. Like not not a lot of the cutscenes have a musical score to it. Just maybe like at the beginning and end of like an act or something. Like you'll hear that beautiful score by um that musician Gustavo. I can't pronounce his last name. Gustavo S. Like his um his 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 music composure is so brilliant, and and I'm glad that they didn't overplay it. Like the crunchiness of like that two by four. And this is going to sound weird because <laughs> I've never used a two by four on a human being before, but like that crunchiness. That hey, hey, it's okay. What, what, what the dorkiest audience doesn't know won't hurt them, right? <laughs> but that you really feel the weight of a two by four cr- crushing the skull of a human or a humanoid um, due to the sound I, design. Yeah, I had that with the metal pipe, just the sound of the big 
thud. Yeah. You're, like, take, or you're fighting like a raider or bandit or whatever, and you just beat him with a pipe. I'm just like, goodness. Yeah, it's not that standard. Like you can tell they just kind of dropped the metal pipe on the on the metal floor and just recorded that, and they're going to use that for every interactable thing that the metal pipe does. You can tell like they really maybe borrowed elements from like movie sound design or something like where they probably took a metal pipe and like crush it against like a watermelon or a pig's or, or, or like a pig carcass or something like that. Something fleshy. Cause like it's, it's not a clank. It's a, like, it's, yeah, like, it's like, like a crunch and a thud. Like sinew, like just getting destroyed, dude. It's, it's right. gross. It's disgusting, but it's so effective. Yeah. So I really like the sound design in the game like that. You know, before I move on to any comments about the future of this franchise, in particular, like the the series I want to talk about, is there any other big thing about The Last of Us, the video game, that you want to bring up? I think uh, the only thing I want to say is, like, again, just the way this game delves into, like, trauma and really delves into, like, survivor's guilt, because both Ellie and Joel have that in mm-hmm. in spades. Y'all get some therapy, y'all. <laughs> right? Yeah, I was like, I know this is the host apocalypse, but uh, maybe in Jackson, this is a halfway decent community. They they can hire a therapist. Yeah, I won't talk too much about The Last of Us Part Two, but there is a sense of normalcy in Jackson because uh, the game takes place five years later, and the be- thankfully the game begins in Jackson. So, like, you know, I won't talk too much about anything past that. But uh, yeah, uh, you can look forward to some uh, some some getting to know the Jackson community at least. You know. Nice. But uh, I think that's really everything I wanted to talk about. So, yeah, why don't we talk about the C- the TV series? So what are your thoughts on this TV series? I mean, casting aside, I think the casting is, is, is great. Like Nick Offerman is going to be Bill, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to be in a few episodes. Uh, it's a mini series on HBO Max, which I think is a good place for this. Um, I, I don't know. I'm worried about it because this is a, this is yet another case where and I just got done, I feel like, talking just 20 minutes on just the fact that how beautiful it is that this was told as a video game, giving you, the player, the agency over a lot of the things that happen, letting you, the player, feel guilt over the humans that you've killed and the actions you've committed. That's all going to be taken away because this is a passive medium of TV. Does that worry you at all? Yeah, it's just my thought idea. I'm like, I can definitely see it work, but it's just like, they're not going to probably change. One thing is they're going to have to add stuff to the story because to make it long enough for a miniseries, because eventually when you take out like so much of the game is you as the character exploring. Yeah. And that's where some of the best moments are, in my opinion. Like, there's a lot of like little things like Ellie, like sometimes you're just exploring and Ellie will just start whistling. And if you so choose, sometimes she'll expand upon that. Like, oh, I heard that song at the boarding school or whatever, right? And if you, you can try to talk to her. And then sometimes she just pulls out her dumb little joke book and, like, tries to make you laugh. And then you, you can choose to, like, walk, continue walking. You don't want to hear it anymore. You can, or you can engage her with it. Like, you're going to miss those things as, because it's a TV series. Yeah, and it's just, for me, it's like, well, the story was already told pretty much perfectly in video game form. It's like, what are they going to add to it? Like, I don't think they're going to make it better. And then it's just a shot for, you know, quote, shot for shot remake of the best parts of the game, but in TV. And it's, to it be honest, me- I think that's best case scenario. Like 
Right. I understand that like Neil Druckmann and the team like want to get this story out to as many pot people as possible, right? This is a beautifully told story. Um, but you're, uh, but I, I'm sure they understand. They're smart creators there at Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann in particular. Like they have to understand that you're losing the some of the weight of your actions by taking that agency away from the viewer. Like the scene where Joel kills the doctor is even more powerful because the game makes you, the player, kill the doctor. Exactly. And, I, I, yeah, it's just, I feel like there's a lot of times when we see video game adaptations, and I can't go, you know, we talked about it a little bit in our episode we did on video game adaptations. It's just like, it almost always they lose something by not being the interactive medium, and they don't really hardly ever gain anything. Yeah, I would have hoped, I guess, you know, prior to the casting being announced or anything like I probably would have preferred like a new story being told in the last of us universe. Right. right? And then maybe in a future game, if they choose to do a future game, we can, in, we can interact with any of those important characters from the quote unquote show. But no, it sounds like they're just going to do a shot for shot remake. And I almost like, I'm just almost like checked out at that. I'm still going to watch right. it. Yeah. Like I, I like whenever I decide to start paying for, as if for HBO Max, maybe I'll check it out. But it's like I don't have like a huge desire. Mm, yeah, and but but this is also granted that we haven't seen anything from it. Like at Summer Games yes. Fest this past Thursday, like uh, Neil Druckmann brought a screenshot <laughs> of the TV Woo-hoo. show. You know, uh, uh, you know, in the the museum in the in the beginning part of the game where Joel, uh, Ellie, and Tess are trying to get to the Capitol building. Yeah, and that there, there's a there's a scene of them hiding from a clicker in the museum. <laughs> it's like, OK, well, that looks like Pedro Pascal and and uh, Bella Ramsey. OK, wow. <laughs> OK, then that tells me so much about what to expect with the show. That, I don't know. I'm, I'm giving it a hard time, but like, I don't know, maybe a trailer will change our minds. But at this point, like, I I don't think we need it. Yeah, I, I'm right. I got right there. It's like. Unfortunately, how I feel about a lot of video game react uh, as he uh, as he, video game adaptations, uh, stretch me. Everything I'm seeing, I see the Halo series on Paramount Plus is not breaking the mold of being any better. Man, it, if you ever get if you ever get a chance to check that out, you're gonna have to tell me about it because. Oh, I <laughs> a friend of I didn't check out, but a friend of mine told me about it, and it was enough. I don't think I need to watch this. Oh, fun good <laughs> uh, well when they said that in the third episode like in the very first episode master chief takes off his helmet i'm like of course they did that i don't know why they did that but of sure, course whatever. They, yeah like i, I could have told you that like without ever I seeing told the you show that as as, yeah, right but they said by episode three is like oh well he's sleeping with a human that's a spy for the covenant and i was like um just like okay well then i'm just i did what oh master chief fucks huh I didn't know and that. I'm just like um, that man has, <laughs> is a is a bioengineered killing machine. I would not be shocked if he doesn't have genitals. So I don't go, I don't buy this at all. Yeah, we we remove that just makes it more efficient. Yeah, exactly. I said, well, as well as we talked about last week with uh, Age of Ultron, apparently some in some ways, yes, I guess that some people think it is. <laughs> it also makes the monsters, Mike. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. I, 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 th- I guess we've uh, 
discuss this thoroughly. I am honestly shocked we didn't go longer. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was trying to keep this because um, I, I honestly did. I, I've only gone through half my notes, so like I, we could we can go longer if we want to, but like, we're just kind of getting into like the minutia now. But I could talk right. about this game forever, dude. But right like, in, in theory, but I guess for the purposes of this episode, I think that's a good place to end it. Yeah, and I think anything we, else you wanted to add? I think we covered like a lot of good stuff, and I and I. And and think and hopefully I hope that the listeners agree too that I think we kind of covered it in a very like unique and new nuanced way about t- kind of talking about it as a video game and not just like you know why the story is good you know the story is great but like I I I, I, I like the direction that we went to in this episode and how and how because it's a video game it punctuated why some of these moments are especially as powerful as they are man so yeah Last of Us Two is. Is, is is sitting there waiting for you man like remind me though i don't know if you're aware though or if you're familiar with the offerings there but for playstation now is that still available to you is because i know that they're merging it. right uh we uh we were paying for playstation now we let it lapse just because we oh, okay. weren't playing enough on it and uh, yeah i said i'm old school i just like owning my physical copies of games i know physical I'm forever baby yeah, exactly i will i will buy physical copies of games and i will buy vinyls for albums i do not care <laughs> one day you're gonna get me into vinyls daniel and that day is not today because i don't need another expensive hobby all right i i understand uh, if you see my credit card bill for the amount of money i spent on vinyls it is sad Oof, we don't need to talk about that right now. We're just no. deep diving into Last of Us, right? That's another apocalyptic event we don't need to talk about. <laughs> but yeah, dude, like the, this, this has been a great discussion. Uh, I can't wait to continue the discussion further down. Whenever you get into The Last of Us Part 2, take your time. It's a heavy game, um, and it's even more to unpack because you know, even though that game goes in you know, a very different direction, um, I guess one, one would say, like that game is still long too. I would say that it's twice as long as uh, The Last of Us. Right. I did have Cherosy check just check the how long to beat compared to the first Last of Us, and you're about right. It's about exactly twice as long. Yeah, which is I was not expecting. I was expecting it to be like you know twelve to fifteen hours, but whew, I think our final runtime of our first playthrough was like about twenty to twenty four hours, something like that. It is a long game, but honestly, dude worth every second so uh, at least from my perspective i'd be interested to see what your perspective because you know there's even though there are a lot of dummies out there just like hating on the game because their favorite internet youtuber told them to hate it you know and they you know they hate the game without ever playing it or whatever which is what i'm saying yeah, a lot of uh, i've seen a lot of just homophobic idiots that there's hate it homophobic idiots reason. and like there's people yeah there's transphobic idiots because there is a trans character in the in the yes. game as well but um yeah so there's a lot of that going on so you know ignore all, ignoring all that noise i have seen a lot of like really interesting nuanced like like oh this story didn't resonate with me for these reasons and like okay and you know i'm going into it expecting like oh, okay let's see what this idiot has to say and like oh actually that you have you make some very interesting points from a storytelling standpoint so i'd be very interested to see where you know you're coming from as a you know, especially as somebody who's a fledgling writer right yeah exactly so i i say yeah i'm very and excited to paying it but i will uh hold off at least a little bit let some of the emotions <laughs> like settle from the first game yeah dude i processed this game for seven years so you have take, take as much time as you need <laughs> right on man so daniel while we're rounding out the end of this episode what you got there my friend 
All right, Mike. Well, I'm going in a I'm going in a music direction. Oh, this so week am I. Because there's nice. okay, cool. Because there's just there's one album that has come out this year. It came out this past Friday, so this is a very recent thing. And Mike, I think I'm losing my mind. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, I, I talked about this on Discord. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know how to process this, Mike. Why is the new Motionless and White album like one of my favorite albums of the year? Ooh, so spooky. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I did not go into this expecting this. Well, what's your but, what's your history? Remind me and remind any of the listeners, like for one, who Motionless and White is, and like what is your history with their albums? Also, to refresh my memory. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Motionless and White. They're a metalcore band. I think they started like in the late two thousands. You know, they're very much they combine that like kind of uh, spooky kind of Marilyn Manson esque aesthetic and aspects to their yeah, very music. glam, like in a glam rock sort of way too. Right? Yeah, especially that. And uh, and if you like Breaking Benjamin, you should really like this. <laughs> You're the second person to tell me that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's see, but my history is I got into them, I believe, around the time their second album came out because a friend of mine turned me on to them. Like he'd always, he'd always show up on like Wednesday, on like Wednesday nights at my church wearing motionless and white t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, infamous. <laughs> was that was like, a good record too. Yeah, so like he always had like the I think he had like the creatures t-shirt he always wore and like the puppets t-shirt. Mm-hmm. That's it. But uh, so I got into them and I really like those first three albums. Yeah, all the way up to Reincarnate, like this band, like I would recommend this band. And, you know, you're, you're, you're a fan of my other more successful podcast. But so I have recommended this band to like a lot of people, <laughs> and especially particularly those three albums, because it, there's a very unique sound. It's a very, very entertaining aesthetic. Right. And they and they go all in with that aesthetic right down to the to, to the uh, like the branding and to the songwriting as well so they take it very seriously and then a uh, bit of a change happens in the mid-teens oh, yeah, right yeah 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 their 2017 album graveyard shift and that i was so hyped for that album because the singles were so good yeah uh, no and joke that, and again we don't like to be negative here on the show but like one of the worst albums i've ever heard in my life yeah yeah i guess i wouldn't I, i'm definitely not gonna go that far but I will say definitely one of the worst albums I heard from that year, and it was enough to make me not want to listen to them going forward. Mm-hmm. And I completely skipped uh, the album from 2018, I think it is, right? Or yeah, 2019. 19, yeah, Disguise. I, I, yeah, I skipped that one as well. Yeah, so. I just had no desire. And then like, I heard the single for this album, and I was like, I just someone posted it, and I was like, okay. And they went with like a new kind of like aesthetic yeah is that like cyber cyber hex cyber hex okay yeah and i was like okay this is a new interesting like visual style they're going for and i was like people were really hyping it so i was like okay i'll check it out maybe i'll like it and then i listened to it on this friday i listened to the ones the first two singles i was like i won't listen to anything else i will just hold off Mm -hmm. and i listened to it and it blew my mind i like I love every single song. Wow. Okay. It. All right. And, and I'm just like, the songwriting so much better. It has none of that horribleness that was on Graveyard Shift. <laughs> well, my friend, my friend Adam says that there kind of is that. Can you confirm or deny? It, it's like that, but it doesn't ever get that bad. I think this is a nice mixture of all of their sounds, like the early stuff, okay. the later stuff and some stuff they've never tried before. 
Okay. All right. It's a nice combination. There's only there might maybe be like one song that I was like, I think this could have been left off. Okay. And of well, that's the, one, that's the one song featuring Caleb Shomo, because of course it is. Okay. Well, you know, Daniel, you're you're in the doghouse for me because you know you, rec- you <laughs> yeah, highly recommend. I know. It. You, I you, know. I. <laughs> You recommended an album that like I shut off at like in the middle of track two. Um, so I am tent like I, I I want to get into this. Do you think I will like scoring the end of the world by motionless and white? I would say give it one listen. And if you don't, if there's nothing in it that grabs you, you can just put it away. You don't have okay. to do it again, Mike. I'm giving if, you a pass. Okay. If you are, you know, are logging onto your phone or something, you find that you're banned from our discord page. You know the reason why. All right. I, I, yes, I know the reason why. I am on thin ice this year. You'll you'll be suspended from that. No, I, I, it sounds very interesting because, like you know, like I said, Motionless and White, very interesting band. There's not a lot of bands doing this like kind of you know glamorous, entertaining like industrial metal these days, right? And and from the sounds of it, doing it well. So like, I want to get into this, but I've been burnt by this band a couple times. Hey, they little man. Uh, but uh, it, this this is. I don't know. It, it sounds like they're going in a better direction this time. So I, I think yes. I will give it like one or two listens. Yes. Like I definitely say like the song slaughterhouse is definitely where I was just like, Holy crap, this is good because right. Chris has completely changed his vocal style. Like the screaming is sounds nothing like anything he's ever done before. So. Oh, cool. So it sounds like, yeah, even down to like the song writing style, they're kind of mixing it up. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. And they finally, hey, and that song Solar House finally made something that had the knocked loose vo- vocalist on it that I actually liked. So, ew, knocked loose. Yeah, I You're was on. not expecting that song to be good. Okay, all right, Daniel, I've trusted you before, my friend. <laughs> Just like Joel, man, we are survivors. I've trusted people before, and I got burnt. All right, but like right, Joel, definitely. I'm opening my heart once again. <laughs> okay, well, here's hoping you like it at least somewhat and I don't get banned from the Discord because of this. <laughs> well, we'll find out soon enough, my friend. All right, Michael, what you got there? What I got here is another music thing as well. Now, Daniel, I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, we are smack... I, I, well, you are aware that we're like in the smack dab in the middle of Summer Game Fest season. Yes, and I've in been that, trying to keep up. And in that, Square Enix, just this past weekend has announced that they are having they're going to have a 10 minute presentation because don't you know it it is the 25 year anniversary of a certain game called Final Fantasy 7 and of course what, what what's a game that I've been highly anticipating that's right the follow up to Final Fantasy 7 remake it is the perfect time to give to to put out all of our good energy now we were recording this prior to the Thursday that this 10 minute presentation is coming out Daniel, I'm going to need your good mojo, all right? I'm going to need you to put out the good vibes out there. Now, now that you've done that, <laughs> and I need you to continue to do that until Thursday, please. I, I, I'm begging you. Um, for, and, 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 and in anticipation to this, I've just been listening to Final Fantasy VII music, and I came across this very interesting YouTube channel. This uh, young gentleman, uh, he goes by the name of Fuzz Pixels. He does emo rock covers of certain video game songs and themes and he has a particular interest in final fantasy 7 music because a lot of the songs on his channel are from final fantasy 7 so i'm sharing in the both in the description of this episode and in the background as you can hear folks uh his his rendition 
of uh, Aerith's theme music uh, as done, like, what if it sounded like My Chemical Romance, so, so to speak. And, you know, normally I don't listen or like this, these kinds of like gimmicky cover songs like, oh, what if Blink-182, but they sounded like their old stuff. Like, you know, normally I don't buy into that kind of hype, but like... Right, it's usually a low effort content. It really is, but like, this guy does all the... Like, he, the, the drums are digital, but like, he writes the drums himself. He plays the bass. He plays the guitar parts. There's no vocals, but like he's doing all that himself. He's putting, he's putting the mix together, and like and, and he records it on a video so that you can see him playing it too. And like, there's like a, a an interesting level of production on here. And this guy only gets like a couple hundred views on his channel. So like, I'm putting it out there again. I'm gonna need everybody who's listening to this. Put your hands in the air, Goku Spirit Bomb style. I need those good vibes. I want that Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two reveal. I, I just need the name. I don't care. I just want to see new stuff. And in anticipation of it, check out Fuzz Pixels because uh, he also does like Legend of Zelda and like uh, some other great video games as well. So uh, go check out his channel and go see some of his cool emo rock covers of some very particular uh, famous uh, video game songs. Oh, he does this one that's really interesting too. Um, the you know that very famous super mario brothers theme like what if that was like a a, a lo-fi um emo rap like song <laughs> i i need to check this out now. it's really good dude so good okay, check out that's that's fuzz pixels f-u-z-z pixels on youtube uh yeah again he only has like a couple hundred views on each of his videos so like uh, uh, it'd be interesting that this guy like got you know was a little bit more famous because he puts a lot of it sounds like he puts a lot of, puts a lot of work into his music uh daniel i am thoroughly exhausted by emotion because of this episode so thank you very much <laughs> me as well yeah we, we we definitely covered a lot of great stuff uh for this great game and if you haven't already if you or if you just didn't care about um you know spoilers or whatever and you checked out this game both highly recommended from uh, both myself and daniel so whenever you get the chance even if you want to wait until uh the beginning of september for the last of us part one a playstation 5 exclusive what if what if you know the last of us part one was on ps5 this is exactly what it's going to be um so yeah if you want to wait for that that's the perfect place to check it out i'm sure so uh it, but if not the ps4 remaster is a perfectly adequate place to find it as well um but uh, that'll do it for this week uh we got a lot of other great dorky topics to you know catch up on as well so please stay subscribed to us you know tell a friend that'd be that'd be wonderful and uh you know if you ever want to tweet at us we're at we're at dorkiest podcast on twitter as well and you can find us at if you want to you can even message us at the dorkiest podcast at gmail.com so that'll do it for this week's episode for my co-host daniel as we say at the end of every journey when we look our daughters in the eye lie to their faces because we want to continue to refuse and process our trauma <laughs> gg <laughs> can you imagine if joel said that to to ellie at the end <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be amazing <laughs>